Chance Leslie Engelbert was a 25-year-old from Moorcroft, Wyoming. He was a married father and was in the process of changing careers. On July 6, 2019, while in Garing, Nebraska, Chance walked off after getting into a disagreement with his wife's family. An hour later, Chance was caught on video walking by himself. He was never seen again. I'm Ed Denzel, and this is Unfound. Growing up in Pennsylvania, I know a little bit about storms. Rainstorms, hailstorms, thunderstorms, snowstorms. That state has it all. I can remember in 1980, a swarm of tornadoes swept through Westmoreland County, just to the south of Leechburg, where I lived. I remember going out with my parents in our car to check the damage after. And yes, the tornadoes, of course, hit a trailer park. Luckily, no one was killed. That event left a lasting impression on me. I can remember that every time after that, when a thunderstorm would pop up, I would start wondering if the tornadoes would come back. On the other side of the spectrum, my brother, who was a truck driver, tells a fairly funny story about how a fierce storm in Kansas got him out of several tickets for speeding and being overloaded. Timing is everything. Yet storms of all kinds do more damage on a yearly basis than any other kind of natural phenomenon. Well, in the case of Chance Engelbert, when he took off after being insulted by his wife's family, the weather was clear. A beautiful Nebraska day. Then a storm rolled in and Chance disappeared. And we're left to wonder what happened when the wild wind blew. And now a summary of the case. This is brought to you by my friend Megan Lyonez's website, charlieproject.org. Chance Engelbert, if you've seen pictures of him, loved his hats. Cowboy hats, baseball hats, trucker hats. And in fact, Chance was wearing a white hat when he disappeared. He came from a tight-knit family from Torrington, Wyoming, and was a hard worker. Chance met his wife while he was there, and they were married for not even a year before he disappeared. And they had a son. However, there were a couple issues happening at the time of his disappearance. Chance had gotten laid off and would have started his new job in a totally different field that coming Monday. In addition, there was tension between his family and his wife's, with Chance being stuck in the middle of two groups he both wanted to please. So, on July 6, 2019, Chance was in Garing, Nebraska with his in-laws. They went golfing. Everything was fine. But during a talk on the way home, one of Chance's wife's family members raised the issue of Chance having to take a pay cut 
for his forthcoming new job. The comment seemed to hurt Chance deeply. Immediately upon arrival at his wife's grandparents' house, Chance walked off, not saying where he was headed. However, minutes later, he called a friend from Wyoming, which was hours away, to pick him up. The friend could not do so. There were then several calls and texts between Chance and his wife. The last one from Chance being a series of emojis that made no sense. Chance was never seen again. Surveillance video obtained a few days later from a store a couple miles north of the house showed Chance walking by himself. Like last week's episode concerning David Schrader, this week we examine another disappearance in which a man walked off. However, unlike David's, we have cell phone, text, and ping information. In addition, Chance did not have the personal issues that seemed to plague David. Thus, these three questions are very different from the ones last week. Number one, why was Chance seen on very few video cameras despite walking through a populated town? Number two, why was Chance not found walking in Gehring when his wife and other family members went out to find him not long after he left? And number three, could a storm that rolled through not long after Chance was seen on video be the key to this case? Chance's family is open to many possibilities regarding his disappearance, including foul play. The guest for this episode is Chance's mother, Dawn Engelbert. Unfound news. I'm sorry to announce that there will not be a show with myself and Dr. Telesco later this month. It turns out that the week we scheduled for is a busy time. So, instead of trying to just throw something together, we've decided to take this month off, then reconvene in July. I look forward to it. Next, Season 2, Volume 2 of the Unfound book series is almost done. We are still trying to figure out what the cover is going to be. The reason this is an issue is because although the template will stay the same... I've decided to change the theme of the background pictures from filing cabinets to something else. And we just haven't hit upon the right feel yet. Finally, yes, I do know that CrimeCon was last weekend. No, I wasn't there. And no, you will never see me there. But I hope everyone who went had a nice time. Where you can find... Unfound. Unfound supports accounts on Podomatic, iTunes, Spotify, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Deezer, and YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, please join us for the Unfound live show. All of you can talk with me, and I can answer your questions. Contribute to Unfound at patreon.com forward slash unfoundpodcast. You can also contribute to PayPal paypal.me forward slash unfound podcast. I also need to give a huge shout out to all the people who have monetarily contributed using Super Chat during the live show on Wednesday nights. Thank you for watching and thank you for donating. The email address unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. Merchandise, the books in amazon.com in both ebook and print form. Do not forget the reviews. 
shirts at unfound-podcast.myshopify.com or you can track down my assistant Heather in the Facebook group. Playing cards at makeplayingcards.com forward slash sell forward slash unfound podcast. The website, theunfoundpodcast.com. And please mention unfound at all true crime websites and forums. Thank you. I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound the mother of Chance Engelbert, Dawn Engelbert. Dawn, welcome to Unfound. Thank you, Ed. You're very welcome. Let's start here as we usually do when we have uh, family members on the program. Let's just talk about your family uh, in general. Of course, Chance is your son, uh, but I'm guessing you have other kids. Why don't you just talk about your families uh, as a whole, uh, children, uh, their ages, etc. Okay. Um, Well, Everett and I grew up in Rapid City, South Dakota, and uh, when we got married in 92, we had always hoped to move to um, Burdock, South Dakota, right outside of Edgemont, and raise our family. And we were blessed when I was three months pregnant with Chance to be invited to do just that. Um, so we moved here in Edgemont in 93 with uh, Chance, who was uh, two weeks old. Wow. And we've been here ever since and still here fighting for it. And uh, huh. then... Uh, Two and a half years later, we were blessed with another baby boy, Miles. Uh-huh. And then um, Miles idolized everything Chance did. And two and a half years later, we had our third son, Clay. So, yes, we have three boys, Chance, Miles, wow. and Clay. Wow, no girls done, huh? No girls, no. Oh, uh, you feel, do you feel bad about that, or is that okay with you? Um, No, it was just fine. Just fine? I was, yep. My boys were amazing and uh-huh. couldn't have asked for anything more. Uh-huh. As long as they're healthy, that's what counts most, right? Exactly, yeah. Okay. All right, so Chance, Miles, and Clay, uh, roughly two and a half years apart. Uh, how would you say the three of them uh, all got along? Um, you said that uh, they idolized the Chance, oh. but everybody get along? Or are they boys fighting? You know, How would you say the, the house was? Oh, no. Uh, they, they were boys. They got along great. They fought great. They made up great. Um, mm-hmm. They were just, they were best friends and brothers. And, uh, mm-hmm. but yes, there was, there was definitely some fist fights in the front yard <laughs> and being a gunshot, but no, they, they were best friends. Uh-huh. That's fun. Uh, it's very interesting to me. You have three sons about that uh, spread in age because I'm best friends with three brothers and it's about the same thing. I think there's probably about five years from the oldest to the youngest. So I'm familiar with uh, knowing a family like that. That's very interesting. Okay. Uh, All right. So these uh, boys, a lot of uh, testosterone in that house. You're the only uh, female. Uh, I'm glad you survived, Dawn. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's move on to this. I I have to say I need to ask you about this because, um, you know, for some reason I always get interested in people's names and things on this program. But Chance, where does that name uh, come from. I'm sure people know that that's been used as a man's name before, but it's fairly rare. Uh, how did you choose that? Um, actually, my husband had that picked out when we dated in high school. Um, he said if we ever get married, our first son will be named Chance after uh, Sam Elliott on the Yellow Road of Texas. Wow. And I said, sounds good to me. And we broke up. Two years later, we got back together. 
four years later had chance. <laughs> All right, so. so he's named after Sam Elliott in a in a movie, and a movie. I know uh, a lot of people are very familiar with Sam Elliott uh, being in a movie like Roadhouse is the one, the first one that comes yes. to mind. Okay. All right, so that's how he got his name, and then Miles and Clay, Miles and Clay, obviously, once again. Names that are rare, but people surely heard, know people, uh, men that have been named that. Okay, so let's uh, talk about Chance. Uh, what, were, what was he into? Uh, his hobbies, uh, into sports, into hunting, fishing, nature. Uh, what was he into? And, and let's talk about that a little bit. Um, Chance was involved in, in everything, as all three of my boys were. You live in a small town, and uh, you grow up hunting, fishing, ranching. He, he was going to be the cowboy. He wanted to ranch. Mm -hmm. um, started school, and they played all the sports, played a, you know football, of course, and Chance didn't like basketball. It was funny. He didn't like basketball because he thought people would watch him. But on a football uh. field or in a bucking chute, that didn't bother him. Huh. So we didn't play a lot of basketball, but we did a lot of football, a lot of track, a lot of rodeo. Um, mm -hmm. then as he got a little bit older, he got into the derby cars and did a lot of derbying and, uh, he was just a very active kid. Yeah. All right. So he's into a little bit of everything, sports and cars, uh, yeah. nature. Uh, so am I to then understand that with Chance was, uh, very outgoing, uh, Mr. Personality or shy, introverted? What would you say? Uh, uh I would say that he's actually was shy. But once you got to know him, he had an amazing personality. Mm -hmm. He was the storyteller. Everybody stopped to listen to him tell stories. You like to tell a story. Okay. Oh, yes. <laughs> Whether it was anything true or just some line out of a movie, he, he talked. Uh -huh. He liked to spin a yarn. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> And uh, how did he, of course, uh, all these interests, uh, how did he do in school? Did he uh, graduate from high school? Let's talk a little bit about that. How did he do in school? Oh, he, he was a very good student. He, uh, he could have been better, but he, mm -hmm. from ninth grade on, he's like, oh, I can't get straight A's. I don't want to have to do that speech at the end of uh, high school. Oh. And I never could understand that. But he said, what if one of them girls screw up, Mom, and I have to get up and do that speech? <laughs> so he always made sure there was a B or a C in that involved. Oh, but, um, okay. He, he was, was planning. He was on the honor roll. He was a uh, National Honor Society. Wow. Um, in fact, in graduation, he was the only boy with the gold, gold, uh, silver tassel. And my husband whispered to me, he said, what did he do wrong? <laughs> What do you mean? He said, well, he's only a boy with that thing around his neck. Huh. And I said, no, that means that he uh, he did good, bud. Okay. He, uh, yep, so All right. he did very good. Okay, excellent. Um, what year, uh, of course, we know that he was 25 when he went yeah. missing. Uh, what year did he graduate high school? Roughly around 2012, 2013? Yeah, 2012. 2012. 2012, he graduated from high school. Um, he signed on with... Um, LCCC, it's Laramie um, County Community College, with the rodeo team. He had a full ride scholarship um, in barebacks. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he's he's riding these bucking broncos and stuff. I mean, I yeah. know I know nothing about rodeo, so I don't want to embarrass myself here for, for uh, my if myself yeah. and the listeners are going to say Ed doesn't know what he's talking about. But so he was riding like a bucking bronco or one of those. Yeah. Yep. His event was a. Uh, there was a. a bucking horse, um, and he wedged his hand into, like, a suitcase handle. Uh -huh. um, there was no saddle or anything, and, and uh, oh my he laid back and rode him hard. Oh, my gosh. Do you ever get hurt? 
Um, yes. There's there was a few uh, dislocated shoulders, a oh few my. broken ankles. Nothing. We were very fortunate with him. His uh, torn soldier was the only thing. Okay. Um, he also rode bulls. Um, oh my god! Anytime the bareback riding got to where it wasn't as fun or he wasn't doing what he thought he should do, he took his mind off it and rode bulls for a while. Mm-hmm. So. Now, do they have to wear helmets these days? I've I've kind of just in passing. You have to wear helmets or not in the bareback riding. In the bull riding, he always wore a helmet. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I would admit to riding a mechanical bull once, and I think I stayed on for about two seconds. I think that was that. All right, so I give him all the credit in the world. Very brave. Uh, and I know it's a huge sport, and I remember when I lived in Las Vegas, they had the big um, national finals, NFR, oh, yeah. in, in Las Vegas, you know, when I lived there. So, yeah, it's a huge yeah. sport. Um, yeah. So he was doing that, getting his education. Uh, was he working yeah. any uh, once he graduated high school? Did he have a job part-time, anything like that? Yes, he was always, um, he worked for a couple different ranchers along with our, our own ranch um, and just did hired hand stuff, checked water, checked fence, worked cattle. Um, he did that all four years of high school. And mm-hmm. then he went, when he went to LCCC, um, he started with diesel mechanics and did that, worked in North Dakota for a summer in between. Um, came back and helped with the ranch in between the other three years. Um, he did two years of diesel mechanics and two years of welding. Okay. After he got out of high school, went from diesel mechanic to welding. That's uh, kind of a unique change, maybe. Yep. His um, dad was a welder, so he always oh. wanted to be a welder. And his dad said, you know enough about welding, you could get a job or fix anything. You right. go learn a new, new trade. Right. But, so that welding was where he wanted it to be. So he went back to um, college and got his welding certificate okay all right so hard worker and did right. you think that uh, maybe he had designs on maybe becoming a professional rider someday or was that just a uh, hobby type of thing it, back in the early days yes of course all boys hope to be at that nfr mm-hmm. but by college he knew that that was just kind of a he didn't want to put that much time in it because he wanted to be on the ranch and and you have mm-hmm. to travel a lot to make it to the NFR. So. Right. Right. Of course. Okay. Uh, let's move on to this. Uh, I think that people who have uh, read about Chance's disappearance before this episode know uh, that he was married at the time. In fact, had a child at the time of his disappearance. So let's talk a little bit about just how he met his future wife, uh, wife just the generalities uh, of it. And, uh, of course, we'll be talking about her... Uh, quite a bit a little bit later but just how did they first meet how long were they a couple before they got married etc well he uh it was in 2017 that uh he, he was home and told me he met a girl online and he thought she was probably younger and i said why do you always have to go with those younger girls get somebody out of high out of college mm-hmm. get settled down and he just laughed at me and so then about october um Matt Miller and him were here hunting, and uh, they got to talking about they were headed to Scotts Bluff to get a derby car and meet this gal, Bailey, I believe they said her name was at the time, Mm -hmm. and uh, they were headed down to see her, and I said, if she's young, you're going to get yourself in trouble, and he just laughed. Matt said he'd take care of her, take care of them, so Uh they had joked, Matt jokes that they drove on the way down there, they said. If she's ugly or psycho, oh I'm going to pull you in the pickup and we're leaving. Oh, my. Well, she must have been beautiful because uh, 
she came back here oh in november came and met me and our family and then was here off and on Mm -hmm. every weekend and then in may of 2019 or excuse me 18 they uh she moved to morecroft with him okay so this was kind of uh what you might call a little bit of a long distance relationship yeah it was for about a year okay so he would go see her she she would come up and see him yep she came up here quite a bit when on the weekends he was a coal miner and they did shift work and uh Mm-hmm. So when he was off for his uh, long long term, he'd have three days off, then he'd work a week, and then he'd be off a week. So when he was off that week or those three days, they would meet here at the ranch, okay. or he would go down there and see her. Right. So he was a diesel mechanic, welder, and coal miner. Yes, he wow. was a welder for the coal. He was oh. a welder at the coal mine. Okay, gotcha. Thank you for that. Okay, yes. so. And uh, we should state, uh, you were worried about her being young. Now, he was 23. How, how young did she end up being at the time that they met? Um, I, I think it was 17 and a half. Okay. 18. All right. When all right. finally told me how, that she was younger than what we all thought, I said, well, at least you're not going to jail if she's 18, bud. But just be careful. And- mm-hmm. All right. So five years younger. Uh, you know, a little maybe awkward at that age. Uh, but of yeah. course, when you know, had of course, had he not gone missing and them being still married, once you get into your thirties, five years difference is nothing. Yeah. So okay, nothing exactly. That's uh, what I told him. That okay, not to worry about it. You're not you're not in trouble, and just watch out. <laughs> okay, so. so they become a couple, and um, so let's uh, and uh, like you said, in May of 2018. Uh, they came up and started uh, living together. Yes. Something like that, yep. and then they ended up yep. getting married uh, later that year. Yep, in October they got married. October 2018. Okay. Uh, and when was their child uh, born? Um, he was born on April 4th of 2019. Okay. All right. So not long before he went missing. No. Nope. Wow. Okay. All right, now we're going to talk about uh, some items here. Of course, we talked uh, about his work history. Very impressive mechanic, uh, diesel mechanic, working in a coal mine, being a, a welder there. Uh, I know that I've heard that welders make pretty good money, but unfortunately, he got laid off uh, from that job. What exactly happened? Um, the company had sold a couple times in the few years that he worked there, and they kind of started to notice things were not going quite quite right. You know, all the guys would talk, and uh, then just one day they showed up at work and got escorted out. Um, there was 600 coal miners between Gillette and Virginia that got laid off that that same day. Um, wow. He, uh, from what I've been told, because unfortunately we hadn't talked much that week, and what I was told is that he swung into Blakeman's Propane. Right there in Moorcroft, two blocks from his house. Um, there's a very good friend of ours that worked there and always begged chance to come work, at least on his days off. Mm-hmm. So uh, he went in. He had only been laid off a few hours and got a new job. And uh, oh. So in that week, he did his uh, welding mm-hmm. test for Blakeman's. Um, he did his drug test. Because um, anybody that welds or does anything with the mines... Or with the propane around here, do random drug tests. So he took his drug yeah. test and showed up, said, I'm ready to work. And they said, oh, Chance, it's 4th of July weekend. You go enjoy your family, and we'll see you on Monday. 
Okay, let's talk a little bit more about that. So he was uh, living uh, in Moorcroft, Wyoming? Yes. All right, and, and you were living in South Dakota at the time? Yes, and it's uh. about an hour and 45 minutes. Okay. Um, how often would you talk to him? How often would you see him? Of course, now, now, you know, he's he's got married. Uh, yes. You know, of course, he has a child on the way. How often was he keeping in contact with you, his father, his brothers, etc.? Um. Actually, I, I would pretty much talk to him every day. Some days, if he carpooled, it wouldn't be as every day. But if he, especially if he was by himself, he called me on his way to work, and he'd call me on his way home from work. Just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, he lived a. It was almost an hour drive for him mm-hmm. for work, and so he would usually call or text me or his dad to keep stay awake and see what was up with the ranch and what he was doing. Um, and of course, after Banks came, we didn't see him as much, and. That was hard, and I was probably too pushy, but I love okay. my kids, and I love having them be home, and we uh-huh. were so excited to have that baby, so. Okay. I'm sure you were. Um, how do you think, um, maybe we just need to put this in the timeline, he went missing July 6th, but he got laid off, so like a week before, two weeks before? Yeah. It was just a li- not, little over a week, I believe. All right, so end of uh, June, early July of 2019. Um, yep. How I you said that he got another job uh, fairly quickly, but you know, in talking to him, you know, this just once again, it was just a few days before he went missing. But how would you say that he handled it um, emotionally? You know, mentally. Well, unfortunately, we did not talk. Um, two days before he got laid off, he told me that his wife had said I've been talking about her, and that he needed um, some space to work on his marriage and. Um, to give him the week. And I said, well, I, I'm really mm. sorry that you feel this way, but, you know, I, I would do anything for chance. And so I did. I didn't talk to him that whole week. So maybe from June 30th on, you did not speak to him? No. I, I no, never again. Okay. All right. But that was what he wanted, right? That's, yeah. he, he's the yeah. one that brought it up. It was not like you two were fighting or anything, but... Yeah. It does sound to me like there was something going on. Um, as happens in marriages, this is not unique. Uh, I've never been married, but I have a huge family, so I know that you know. I, I, I've I've noticed this. I've observed it. You know, um, sometimes uh, wives, husbands, in-laws. You know, sometimes things you know don't go as smoothly as would law like. All right, so something was going on there, and he said, "Just got to give me some time, mom," and that's what you did. Yep. Okay. Um, okay. His aunt and uncle had talked to him during that time, and mm-hmm. he's, um, his aunt said, I'll help you apply for unemployment. And he said, nope, don't worry about that, Aunt Katie. I already got a new job. And, mm-hmm. and uh, so from what I've heard from the, uh, the relatives, he was very excited about it. And okay. um, Blake Mintz, who he was going to work for, have been amazing and very supportive to us. Mm-hmm. And they – they kept his job open. They wanted him back. They they mm-hmm. were so impressed with him. Okay. So. Uh, was this a situation where not just Chance, but everybody at that mine lost their jobs? Yeah. There wow. was, I think, may, like a handful that got to come back and be security guards. But no, it was wow. it was a huge hit on Gillette. Wow. Okay. All right. But he finds this other job fairly quickly, and we'll, we'll get into the some of the details of that later. Um, moving on to, you know, just going back to what you said, he said to you about his marriage and everything. When he said that to you, uh, was that a surprise 
that he said that. Uh, did you, of course, you were talking to him. You said almost every day he got married yeah. in October 2018. Uh, yeah. Did you kind of see it coming that he was going to say that to you, or was that a surprise to you? What do you remember about uh, that? It was a huge surprise. Huge surprise. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I like you said, young. They're young. Yeah, married. absolutely. Uh, I, I nothing was perfect and we mm-hmm. definitely knew it wasn't perfect and we tried hard to stay out of that and chance didn't want to come home and tell us their fights and right so so no i was i was absolutely shocked that, that was okay. the worst night and worst week of my life until july 6th right what was your being that you were living uh in another state although it was an hour and you know some minutes away what was your uh impression of their relationship, of their ma- once again, your opinion of their I, marriage, you know, not just keeping it in general terms. What, uh, how would you say their marriage was from October until July? Um, I would say their relationship from October of 2017 until July of 2019 was very rocky, very hard. Okay. Um, they're, they're both just too young. They were. And she always thought he was cheating on her. And mm-hmm. Was that you know, true? When you live with a Did small he? Town, um, I can't answer that. Um, I feel in my heart when he told me that night that he had never cheated on his wife. Mm-hmm. I believe from October of 2018 until July, absolutely not. I think okay. there might have been some inappropriate text messages with some girls. Um, but he worked all the time. He worked mm-hmm. overtime. He was always at work. If he wasn't at work, the two of them was here at the ranch. There wasn't time. Okay. Um, I, that's what it sounds but, like to me. I, I've of course never knew your son, but he sounds like a very busy guy. Yes. Yes. So I'm not, I, you know, I will never sugarcoat it. He, he was a handful at times. And so mm-hmm. I, I can't answer if he ever cheated you on were, her. No. Uh, I guess what we're saying here is you were not around him. You were not, you know, you weren't following yeah. him around. He's a, he's a grown yeah. man. I mean, he's only 25, but he's a grown man. Yeah. Yeah. He has a child. He's married. He has his own job. He's living in his own place. It's not your job to keep tabs on him anymore yeah. as his mother. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. your, your belief is that even though there was suspicion out there that, that you don't think that he would ever cheat on his wife. And on top of that, he didn't have any time. Uh, uh, and his wife. I'm not going to say what happened before before, October, before he right? got I married because okay. I'm not. I, you know, but he was very adamant that I never have cheated on my wife, and I'm tired mm-hmm. of people thinking that. So okay. I took it that absolutely faithful from there on. Okay. Uh, what have your other sons uh, said about this? Uh, their marriage, uh, maybe. As I know, I have two brothers and a sister, and I probably talked to them uh, more personal things uh, than I would have ever talked to my parents. My mother's deceased now, but when she was live, um, you know, them, then you, I mean, uh, what have his brothers said about this whole situation? Well, it's kind of funny you say that because actually my boys, all three have always, they're always, they're way too honest with us. <laughs> way, it's kind of like, oh God, Chance, I didn't need to know that kind of a mm-hmm. relationship that we had. So honestly, he probably talked to me more than even them. Um, they... Miles tolerated Bailey because Chance loved her. Um, he he didn't think that things were always very fair or good there. Um, mm-hmm. And he thought they were way too young and should have not got pregnant and got married. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it just, you know, it's just sad to not see him happy. And none of us really 
Slade probably spent more time with them, and they were out in the shop and doing that part of stuff in Warcraft because Clay and his girlfriend lived in Gillette. So mm-hmm. they they seen some ups and downs, and but none of us expected him to walk away and never come back. Okay. Uh, all right, let's move on to this. Now, um, what about her in-laws, her parents? Uh, because I think, once again, if uh, people have uh, at least read up uh, in general on Chance's disappearance, they know that he was at his in-laws or at least at Bailey's grandparents when this all started. Um, how did Chance get along with uh, with her side of the family? Once again, your impression, although we know you weren't around every second. Yeah. Um, he With um, Bailey's sister Brody, he really liked her. Um, he loved her her significant other. He thought of him as a big brother. Um, he said, if this doesn't ever work out with Bailey and I, I know I at least have another big brother or I have a big brother. He always wanted a big brother. So he said, I got my big brother now. Mm-hmm. I never met Kyler. I still have never met Kyler, but he, he talked about Kyler loved him. Um, I think he had a fairly good relationship with Scott from when I was around. That would be the father-in-law. Um, some days early on, he'd say, I don't think he, I don't know if he likes me or not. And I said, well, honey, you, uh, you're taking his baby girl away from him. And I'm sorry, we don't like to give our babies away. So yeah. you just treat it, treat her right. And you'll get a relationship with him. Um, but the handful of times that we were with all of them, they got along great. Um, okay. Never enough. Nothing was ever really said about Bailey's mom and stepdad. I, I never even met. Bailey's stepdad. So um, okay. he thought a lot of her grandparents um, talked highly of them. So okay, uh, uh, very good. Uh, let's move on to this. Uh, overall, just um, you know, the summer of 2019. Of course, maybe before he said that to you about how he's needs to you know concentrate on his marriage. Of course, that week that you and he did not talk, but. Just in general, how are you feeling about your son Chance's life in June of 2019? Uh, knowing that, you know, this layoff and his marriage, you know, you know, where would you put your uh, emotions at that point, you know, regarding well, I him? Think, I think being a new dad, he was scared and nervous about that. Um, he knew, he would know that his dad and I would do anything for him. Um, mm-hmm. They were not going to go hungry. They were not going to have problems. Um I had asked them both early on in their marriage before the baby came when she would say, you know, he's cheating on me. I'm like, Bailey, just, you guys need to go to counseling. You need counseling. He needs counseling. The two of you need counseling. It's a great thing for new marriages. She did not like that idea. So, um, I, I, it was just a rough couple months. I think after banks, he was such a good daddy. He was so proud of that little boy. And, uh, mm-hmm. Okay. All right, I so <laughs> yeah, so uh, my impression—I'm 50 years old, as uh, listeners know—I don't have any kids, never been married. But my impression as a single man is that this, what you're talking about, a lot of these things, very common, not yes. unique to Chance and Bailey's marriage, but a lot of people, whether they yes. get married at 25, 30, 35, a new child can be very, very stressful, and you know, a lot yes. of sleepless nights and things like that. Okay, uh, I think the problem that we had. Um, our family's very close. I'm very close to my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law was at the hospital when I delivered. She was in the room up until minutes before. Um, she was, you know, they, they were, were just totally different than what Bailey wanted with having Banks. Mm-hmm. And so that did cause 
some hard feelings. Um, I, I, unfortunately, we all put Chance in the middle a lot on that, mm-hmm. and he did choose his wife's side, and as he should have. Um, right. But we were just so excited. We just wanted to be a part of it. So. Right. Okay. So that that was I think that was that was probably the hardest thing for Chance is always being torn in the middle of things like that. Okay. Let's move up to that day, July sixth, twenty nineteen. Now, my understanding, what you told me, and uh, the listeners always know that before we do these interviews, I've spoken to the guest at least a couple times to go over all the information, ask questions, look into some things for them. But you told me that on July sixth, twenty nineteen, he was actually supposed to go and see you. He was supposed to see you in South Dakota um, about a package or, or something, but he didn't show up. Let's talk about that first. What was supposed to go on? What was supposed to go well, on there? From what we've, what I've learned from Matt Miller and then from my parents and at one time even Bailey's mom said the kids were coming here for the 4th of July week. They were going to camp out and um, fish for catfish and just hang out. And at the last minute, that he called Matt and said, we're, we're headed to Gearing. Bailey wants to go see her family. And Matt's like, okay. So they went there. We'd gotten a package earlier in that week. Um, and finally on July 6th, my husband texts Chance and said, hey, bud, you got a package here. And Chance texts back and said, oh, it's got to be, and I don't know the terms. I'm not, I don't weld. I don't know anything about, but it was something for his helmet that he needed for his new job. And Everett said, yeah, it seems like that size of a box. And he said, okay, cool. Well, we're going to be, we'll be home tomorrow. We're going to stop at the ranch to see you guys on our way back. And you can help me with my helmet before I start my job Monday morning. And of Mm. course, Everett just texts back and said, sounds great. We'll see you tomorrow. I have to ask, why didn't the helmet just get shipped to where Chance lived? Why did it get shipped to your house? Chance shipped almost everything here. I think part of it is that being um, that they had a P.O. box, small town in Moorcroft. Mm-hmm. We had all the tools here. Everything usually came here. And it, it was a part for his helmet. It wasn't mm-hmm. actually a helmet. It was yeah. something like with his scar or something. And he wanted his dad to help him set up the helmet because he okay. – he idolized his dad, and his dad helped him with things like that. So that was nothing uncommon to come here at all. Okay. Um, and unfortunately, us being ranchers, we don't do anything for holidays. We're always stuck here. And so, you know, we did our thing the 4th, the 5th, and then that 6th mm-hmm. is when we got that phone call that night. So. All right. So there was this package here, and Chance said that uh, he would get it the next day, July 7th. Yes. Or something like that, and uh, maybe yeah. you need to help us out. And I and the listeners should know I will be doing a YouTube video for these locations that we talk about: Gearing, okay. uh, Moorcroft, uh, etc. Especially very, you know, in Terrytown, etc. For yeah. this disappearance, I'll be doing that for YouTube. But okay. uh, is where you live? I know, you know, I've looked at the map, but Gearing, Nebraska, Moorcroft, Wyoming, and wherever you live. I mean, are they all close to each other? Or? No, there. Like I said, uh, Moorcroft in here is about two hours, hour and forty five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, Gearing's about two and a half, three hours away, depending on which route wow. you take. Um, so okay, but you you'd always come this. You'd come through Edgemont or right close to Edgemont to go to Moorcroft. So it was never out of the ordinary for Bailey or Chance to swing in to the ranch on the way down to Nebraska. So all right. 
Okay, so um, he gets that pa uh, that part shipped there, at least part of a helmet for his welding, uh, of course, that he never did pick up, but the understanding is he would show up the next day, which would have been Sunday, July 7th? Yes. Okay, so let's move on to this. So the idea was that that they were that uh, Chance, his wife, and their child were going to come see you that week, but at the last second, uh, things get changed. We should say that Matt Miller is Chance's friend from childhood. No, uh, Matt, he started working with Matt at the oh, coal mine, okay. but they were together. They worked the same shift. Oh, okay. Um, he probably seen Matt more than Bailey or anybody else with the hours they worked. So. Okay. All right. So that's what Matt thought, uh, but that's not, and that's what all of you thought, but the last minute, uh, there's a change, and Bailey, Chance, and their child uh, go to Nebraska instead. So what do you understand? Um, so they leave the morning of July 6th to get there. Did they leave like July 5th and stay overnight? What did they do? I think they probably left the second or third of July, oh. to be honest. Yeah, oh, they, wow. They spent two or three days down there. Okay. They spent, you know, did the 4th of July week there. Okay, so 4th of July that year would have been a Thursday, if July 6th is a Saturday. All right, so they're down there for most of that week. And what, just in general, we have to go, we don't, we're not going to go through every day. But what would you say in general um, they did there? Of course, we now know that you did not get to speak to him because of what yeah. we already talked about. But what is your understanding of what they did those days? I think they, I, I know they went to a rodeo. Um, I know that they just kind of hung out with friends. And, and then on that Saturday, he went uh, and his um we call him his brother-in-law because they've been together so long, but went golfing with those two. And uh, so I, I always, we all, our understanding, they had a great time all week and they mm -hmm. had a good time up until the very end of golfing also. So Okay. Uh, Chance, was Chance a golfer or was he just going because these other people were going? Well, I think mainly that. It, we're in the, we're, you know, here in, Edgemont, we have a golf course, but mm. you take your four-wheeler out. People take their Harleys out. Huh. So um, his best friend in high school played golf for a, a town up in, up in Rapid City. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he'd been around golfing, but he was not a golfer. He was uh, – and mm. he would be very embarrassed if he didn't do well. So he'd be mm -hmm. a clown instead of <laughs> being a professional. Okay. All right. I can certainly understand that. Uh, I know a little bit about that myself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> unfortunately but we should be clear about one thing where they went and we're going to talk about of course where his last ping was and we know it was near a golf course is this the same golf course that they went to that day no no okay, okay. they went to uh baird which i believe you know i'm just guessing so please understand that mm -hmm. but it's like 25 30 miles from gearing and scott's bluff it's a small town out just on the suburb up there um that's where bailey's dad lived and, uh, and it's just a cute little smaller golf course that's perfect for guys that don't really golf. Okay. Uh, and once again, who went? Chance and who else? Chance, um, Scott Buley, and Tyler Krantz is what we were told. And who are those two guys once again? Um, Scott is Bailey's dad. And okay. Tyler um, is um, Bailey's sister's boyfriend. Okay. But we call him the brother-in-law. Okay. So there's three of them. They go out for this golf outing. And so they're out there. Uh, and uh, what time, what about, what time uh, would they have been getting home uh, that Saturday, do you believe? Um, I don't know, but I've been told they golfed from like 1 to 
three or something in that mm-hmm. range. And uh, Bailey came out to pick him up to take him back to town. All right. All right. Well, let's uh, let let me uh, go through. Let me go through that a little bit. So, why didn't he get a ride? These are very technical questions, but why didn't he get a ride home with those two back to Gary? Well, like I said, Scott lives right there in Baird. Okay. And from what what I was told from Scott when we got to Gary on Monday, is that all three guys were dropped off at the golf course so they could have a few beers, relax, and not worry about driving home. Is Mm -hmm. what I was told. Okay. So. All right, so they did that, and then yeah. so then Chance calls Bailey, and she goes picks and picks him up. And that's yeah. From what I can tell on the the calls on the mm-hmm. call log and just the, from the family talking, yes. Okay. Now, unfortunately, at some point, uh, I guess when they got back to Bailey's grandparents' place in Garing or, or somewhere near there. Uh, a disagreement started somehow. Uh, who was involved in this? What was said? I realize you weren't there, but yeah. you eventually did talk to people about this. Uh, what exactly happened and that instigated then Chance walking off? What happened? Well, my understanding is that Bailey and Chance did not have words. They did not fight. Mm-hmm. He was set by a comment made at the golf course. Oh, he was. So something happened at the golf course yes. that then kind of carried over to, yes. to him yes. being at home. Yes. All right. And do you know who made the comment? Was it Bailey's father or the what they call the father-in-law or the brother-in-law? Brother-in-law. From what Bailey had told my husband that night is that mm. Kyler made some comment about him not making enough money or about minimum wage. I honestly don't huh. know when they're translation of all of it but that he took it wrong and got very upset mm-hmm. and he wanted to go home and okay. when, he, when they pulled into the grandparents house he looked up and he said no i want to go to our home in wyoming mm-hmm. okay so, so all right he got mad and he got out of the car and walked off okay all right uh so this was a comment that was made like an hour before or something yes. that, um, do you happen to know, once again, the way you understand it, uh, almost two years later, did Chance and this guy get into an argument about it? Did he, <laughs> did it almost become a fight? Have you ever heard anything about any of that? No, nope. or, or I was... just heard that he kind of got upset and he took the comment with Okay. And then when Bailey showed up, he said, get the car, we're going home. Excuse wow, that's all right. Okay, but instead... <laughs> that, that's all I've been told. All right, but instead they went to the grandparents' place. They, Bailey told Everett that they she went to her grandparents to get their clothes, mm-hmm. and he, she told him that I'm just going to get our clothes. She took the baby out of the car, walked in the house, and Chance walked off. Chance walked right out of the driveway and down the street. Yep. All right, so he did not talk... To anybody at the house at all? No. All right. No, they did not see him. They were sitting down in the living room and did not see him. And Bailey came running up the stairs and said, Chance walked off. I have to go. Okay. And so this is the grandparents' place in Gearing, Nebraska, this play, this city that you've already yes. talked about. Yes. Uh, okay. So he just walked off. Um, was your impression, was Chance familiar with the area? Did he... No gearing Nebraska very well. How many times he had been there? Any ideas about any of that? He, you know, he'd been there about 
20 times, but I don't think he, he I mean, he wasn't familiar, mm. familiar with it, um, mm-hmm. but he was, he knows his directions and that. Um, okay. So. Okay. All right. So he's uh, ticked off. Maybe uh, thinks that his uh, manhood has been attacked in some way. Like he's not being a good father. It might, none of us were there. It might've just been a yeah. joke. We don't exactly. know, but I can certainly understand uh, why he would react that way, especially since he did get laid off and he's already under, you know, a lot of other things already going on that uh, even if it was a joke, it was a terrible one, one and ill-timed. All right, so they get home. She goes into the house. He walks off, and uh, we'll t- talk about the proof. There is proof that this happened because there's video of Chance walking by himself, which we will eventually talk about. So this is not something that's hearsay. But uh, to your knowledge, did anyone try to go after him? I mean, I know eventually some searches were done, but right away when he didn't come back, let's say in 15 minutes, did anybody get in the car and try to go cruise around after him? Anything? Did anybody try to stop him? Did Chance say where he was going? Anything like that? Um, To my knowledge, he told Bailey sometime in the half hour hour that there's phone log that he was going to Sydney, Nebraska. He told Matt he was going to Torrington, Wyoming. Mm -hmm. Um, I was told that Bailey went looking for him right away. She didn't Mm -hmm. think that he really would walk off. So Mm -hmm. then she went looking for him and she never could find him. So before, and then I don't know if the grandpa went before or after the storm, but there was a bad storm that hit in around 915-ish. Um, mm-hmm. um, Bailey told Everett they had to quit searching for him because the rain was so bad. And then after 9 o'clock or so, they searched for a few more hours is what I was told. Okay. Can you give us the approximate hour, not down to the minute, but if you say 7 or 7.15, can you give us the approximate hour that you believe the chance walked off? Uh, some to, it was about 7, 7.20, because Matt called us mm-hmm. at 7.23. No, he called Matt at 7.23. Okay. So let's talk about So sometime before 7.23 p.m. Uh, that day, so let's just say between 7 and a se- quarter after 7.00, uh, as I guess as Chance is walking away from the house, he calls this guy that he works with, Matt, correct? Yes. Okay. And um, any idea why Chance would have chosen to call Matt? Is there any reason that she, he would to, that you can think of that it, the Chance wouldn't have called one of his brothers, et cetera? Well, why um, Matt, do you think? Um, well, Clay would have been working at the coal mines, so... Chance knew his schedule. Miles was off rodeoing in Minnesota, and mm-hmm. um, I don't honestly know why Matt, other than he talked to Matt daily. Um, mm-hmm. When Matt had called us, Everett reached out to another very good friend of uh, Chance's that doesn't drink. He's older, has children. We always thought of him as a great role model, so we always we figured he would have called Larry. So mm-hmm. Everett called Larry. Larry never had heard anything. Um, so no reason that you can think of specifically why he would have called Matt other than his brothers or other people might've been otherwise engaged on that Saturday. And I think Chance didn't want to have to call and tell his family Mm -hmm. another fight with Bailey. So Matt knows the relationship, knows the thing. I think he just felt comfortable calling Matt on that. Okay. Now you've already stated 
Uh, now, Matt eventually does call you and tells you the content of the conversation with Chance calls Matt. And what did Chance tell Matt during this conversation that took place at 7.23 p.m. on July 6th of 2019? What did Matt tell you the conversation was? He said Chance was very upset, said he had words with the in-laws, and he was getting the frick out of Nebraska, mm -hmm. that he was going to start walking to Torrington and send get me a ride to, to meet at Torrington. But Matt didn't go to pick him up, did he? No. Why was that? Because he's another two and a half hours, three hours away from us mm -hmm. and had been drinking. Had, they were well, having a party. Yeah. And so it would have made more sense for somebody here to drive the two hours to get him. Okay. So Matt uh, couldn't, pick, um, couldn't pick Chance up because he was worried about drinking and driving. Yes. And not to mention the distance, yeah. not to mention yeah, the, the distance. distance. Yeah, he wouldn't have been able to get there until 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. So it just wasn't practical on top of, of drinking course. and driving. Okay. And Torrington, uh, how far, is that Torrington is in Wyoming, a totally different state. Uh, how far is that? Not in walking terms, but in distance, right. you're understanding how far? It's like 35, 40 miles. All right. So the average person walks three mi miles an hour, so that's... He's going to walk 12 hours, 14, you know, 15, 12 hours, 13 hours to walk to Torrington. But that's what he's... I, I, I get that, but that people think that's crazy. But if you would know Chance, mm -hmm. when he sets his mind to something, he was going to do it. Okay. He, he was getting to Torrington, whether it was walking or getting a ride. He was going to Torrington. All right. But to um, and so Torrington... That doesn't surprise me at all. Okay. Now we should know that Torrington is on the way home. To Moorcroft. Yes. Okay, you have to go through Torrington yes. from Garing to get to Moorcroft. Yes. Okay. One, one of the ways. There's three ways around to go, but yes, that would be a way to go. Okay. So then after this conversation ends, and I guess Matt told him, you know, Chance, I can't come and pick you up. And so they hang up. Uh, Matt calls you and, um, you know, explain the conversation you had with Matt. From my understanding, Matt told Chance that he would get a ride down there. Don't worry, bud. So he called us and asked if we could go get him. And I said, we will figure it out. Um, all Matt said is that he was upset. He had words with the in-laws and he wants to get out of Nebraska. Mm -hmm. Because of our, our, our disagreement that yeah. week. And I know yeah. he did not want to tell his mom and dad he got yet in another fight. I called his aunt his uncle, who he's very, very close with. Um, he's lived with them, worked with them. I called and said, can you get a hold of Chance and see if we somebody could go pick him up? And they're like, no problem. So um, his uncle John called him once or twice and texted him. Mm -hmm. um, by that time, Everett was a mess and went and called and started texting him. And his Aunt Katie texted him. And about four hour, or about an hour or so later, I texted him and just said, you know, no questions asked. I don't want to know what happened. I just want to know you're okay and we can get you a motel room. Mm -hmm. And he never, ever answered. He never even opened my text. Okay. It did he, did text. he respond to any other family members, the aunt and uncle? Did he respond to them? Um, no. Um, I say no. The last mm. text was mm. at 9.08 back to his aunt Katie and it was just random letters okay. and emojis. All right. So 
Uh, anybody in your family, and we'll talk about how Bailey, it seems Bailey and Chance, though, did talk over the phone or text, but we'll get into that in a moment. But anybody in your family, he did not uh, respond to, or and if this response was him, it was not legible. Yeah. You couldn't be yeah. read. You couldn't yeah. understand yeah. it. It was just a random. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so he uh, either, whatever the situation was, uh, there was no responses. We'll just stay stay for the record, except for that one uh, unreadable text. There was no responses. He, he, no, nothing response. like he didn't say, I'll be fine. I'm going to be no. walking. He didn't text back anybody in your family saying, you know what? I'm going to get a ride. Everything will be fine. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. No. Okay. All right. So let's um, let's just do this time. I want to make sure this is very important. So we'd go through this timeline uh, and we'll go through it again later just so everybody realizes this. But time he left the house approximately between seven and let's just say seven fifteen. Uh, time he spoke to Matt was seven twenty three. And, um, but then after that, while you're trying to contact him, other members of your family are trying to contact him. Um, he did speak or text with his wife, Bailey. She says that she went and tried to find him. She couldn't find him. Uh, I'm perfectly willing to believe that. What do you, and I realize you would have found this out later, but let's just talk about chance did have conversations, text with his wife, Bailey, the general, um, what you know about those, once again, I know that you weren't a party to this, but what were the contents of those conversations? One conversation, Bailey said that he said he was going towards Sydney, um, which never made sense because I, he wanted out of Nebraska. Why would you go deeper into Nebraska? But that's what she said, that he made the comment and was headed to Sydney, Nebraska. Okay. Um, then he made a comment. He called her up and he said, why the hell did you tell the parents? Mm-hmm. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he hung up on her. So, and that's, I think, really the last of their their talking, talking. I know there was some text in between. And, of course, I don't know any of that, though. Okay. All right. So she's trying to get a hold of him. He says he's walking to Sydney. Would you say that Sydney is in the opposite direction of Wyoming? Yes. Yeah, okay. and took him farther into Nebraska. And so when he made this comment about telling parents he meant you, right? Yes. And, well, because Everett had called and texted him also. Mm-hmm. So he meant, yeah, why did you tell mom and dad? <laughs> All right. But the thing is, is that she didn't tell you. No. Matt did. No. Matt did. Yep. All right. So, yep. so uh, seemingly, if we're to believe this conversation, Chance was under the wrong impression. Yes. All right. So it was Matt uh, who told you about, you know, what was going on. It was not Bailey. And so maybe when she saw that, she didn't even know what Chance was talking about. Okay. So we have these uh, texts. And do you know the last, the time, the approximate time of the last time of the last call or text between Bailey and Chance? It would have been right up into that 8 o'clock range. 8, okay. 830 range. Okay, so uh, for the next, let's just say 45 minutes. So he calls Matt at 7.23, and then from 7, let's just say 7.30 until after 8 o'clock, there is the series of texts or calls between Chance and, and Bailey. Yes. Okay. 
All right, so let's move on to this and we'll get into the video and uh, the, the last ping in, in a little bit. I just want to make sure that the listeners understand this um, timeline very well because I think it's very important. Let's move on to this. Uh, of course, Chance does not come back uh, to the house. Uh, there's no proof that he ever made it to Torrington or Sydney or anywhere else. But what do the in-laws... Uh, what does Bailey do? Your understanding for the rest of the night into the next day, what do they do? Um, I, I believe they searched up until around 11. There was a few calls to some bars. I I was told that her grandpa did. He stopped in a couple bars. It shows that Bailey called a couple places. Um, and then they just waited for him. And when he didn't come home that next morning, mm-hmm. I guess they started calling the police. They called Everett. Um I was at church. When I got out of church, Everett said they still can't find him and they're going to start a search party. And mm-hmm. Or no, they were doing a missing re- – I'm sorry. They were doing a missing person report. Okay. And I said, what, this, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he goes, I don't know, Don, but the cops are involved now. So I raced home. We started calling Verizon, trying to find out if we could get a ping or get anything out of them. And, of course, mm-hmm. nothing from them. Um, mm-hmm. I started calling, I called the Luck Sheriff's Department, um, and I called the Torrington Police Department, and at that time, they said, I believe we are on the phone with your with Chance's father-in-law now, wow. so we'll get all the information. So then mm-hmm. we called local hospitals, um, just kind of played mm-hmm. that game. Um, Bailey told us not to come down, that she thinks that they've you know they can handle it mm-hmm. and in my heart i really thought he was coming home mm-hmm. of course i, I thought of course. I said, Why, we don't need to go down there where are we gonna look he's gonna come walking in the driveway and said man i screwed up this time okay so we did that game all sunday sunday night monday morning when they decided they were gonna set call in the search party that's when i realized it was serious and right. we went down right that's that's usually when it is it's yeah. usually when it is. So you got to speak to Bailey. Uh, did you get to speak to her on Saturday night, the July 6th, or July 7th the next day? Or both? Um, Everett talked to her. My husband, Everett, mm-hmm. talked to her on the 6th, around mm-hmm. 8, 8.30. Um, again, at 11, I believe it was. Um, and then he talked to her Sunday morning, and then I started talking to her about 10.30 or 11 Sunday. And we talked off and on all day Sunday. Mm-hmm. And Sunday night, Monday morning, and then we went down. Okay. If you could um, give, I don't, I'm not going to try to get into, in, you know, because of course she's not being interviewed and, you know, we don't, uh, I don't want to invade any private conversation or anything, but the general tone of these conversations was that ever brought up, well, where could he be? Uh, did she really believe that he was going to, you know, try to walk back to Wyoming? Um you know, what was her, you know, general thoughts on the whole situation? She really didn't ever really say much about it. She, uh, we mainly just talked about what happened between us, what happened between the fight, what Chance had told us. She wasn't aware of that. Just had, you know, trying to do some healing with each other to help where to start what we do next. Mm-hmm. Um, before we hung up that night, she kind of said, uh, I really think he's coming home in a body bag. And she said I that. Said, yeah, she said that Sunday night to me. Okay. And I said, oh, honey, we're going to think positive. This mm-hmm. is the, we're not going there yet. And so 
then we said good night. And then Monday morning when we found out the search party was, um, I texted the grandma and said, we're on our way down. And she's like, we have the camper ready for you guys. Just come, what, whatever you guys want to do. And so that's what we did. We went, okay. we went down Monday. All right. So you would say in general that even though there was this tension before he went missing, uh, Chance, you know, saying that, you know, hey, mom, I'm going to have to, you know, kind of lay off for a little while. And we've already talked about that. But it seems that once Chance went missing, all of you came together, both your family and her family. You know, they opened up their doors to you to come down and try to figure yeah. out what happened. Yeah, they were all very kind to us. Everything was not, I mean, nice for the circumstances. Um, right. We stayed with the grandparents in their camper all week and. Okay. All right. Well, okay. All right. So they opened up their camper to you, which if that's the best they could do, then that's the best they could do. It's yeah. better than nothing. Better than have to rent a oh. hotel room, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and their camper was beautiful. It was right there. We, you know, we had our mm -hmm. bathroom. Um, my niece, Miles, um, my son, Miles, and Everett and I were there. So it was, it was, no, it was a great setup. They were very, it was very nice. I'm very okay. helpful. All right. So when you get down there, I guess this will then be July 8th. Of course, these searches are going to be planned, and you've given me some pictures of those search areas that will be posted mm -hmm. uh, on Facebook, on Instagram, uh, on Twitter, so people, and on the uh, Unfound website, theunfoundpodcast.com, so people can see these search areas for themselves. We're not going to go through all of the minute details of these searches, but... I will talk about them in general, but when you finally did get down there and you got to speak to Bailey, um, did she show you any texts that she no. and Chance had shared after he took off, or were there no none to show, or or what? Um, I guess I never asked. You know, it's kind of a privacy thing. It was mm -hmm. them, and and so I never thought to ask. I guess I should say, and no, she didn't offer. Okay. All right. So, all right, so you get down there, you're hanging out there all week, trying to see what's going on, uh, and these searches that were done, when were they done, how long were they, uh, what methods were used, how would you explain it? Um, so Monday, when we got there, we went and met Captain Rogers first off, and just wanted to introduce ourselves and that we were there, and if there was anything we could do to offer to help, or what he suggested we do, um, very cordial to us, um, said we were welcome to search, but we needed to stay out of the pyramid, uh, the surrounding area of where the people would be in the vest, not to get involved with them. Mm -hmm. And that, um, that, and he took our name and number and that he would be getting hold of us at the end of the day. Bailey, um, we, uh, met with the grandparents her dad had just showed back up. He had been searching all morning. Um, so then the friend Larry that we talked about earlier, he showed up. Um, Everett, Larry, Miles, Scott, and I and my niece drove around looking. Um, we would drop off at one spot and drive around the other side of the lake to pick him up. and just mm -hmm. We just did things like that. Um, it we walked up the at that point, did you even have a direction? I mean, you, you, you know that he had said he was going to walk. I guess you had two conflicting stories, one going towards Sydney, one going toward Tor Torrington, and then exact opposite directions. Uh, did you, you just as, uh, you know, general, the general public, the family members, not skilled searchers, um, yeah, did you even have an idea where to, or are you just riding around? Um, mainly just riding around. Um, 
we went up and down the streets where we thought he would have been and and stopped at every business we could, asked mm-hmm. if they had surveillance cameras, if we were allowed to look at them. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them were very great. Um, mm-hmm. Miles sat and watched videos until two places we found him. They sent it on to the, the Gary PD. Um, another place, we know we stopped. The manager wasn't there. We went back, met the manager. Um, he can see that Chance was never in his parking lot, but he could see him across at Domino's. Um, we just just stopped, knocked on doors, walked in, into businesses, and mm-hmm. told our story and begged for help. Wow. Okay. Uh, all right. So let's move. Being that uh, you're doing out doing your own thing, and 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 that is what you just said is true. That you were the ones, your your you and the rest of your family were the ones who discovered two videos. Uh, in the Gearing area, I guess you might call it Terrytown. All these places are very close together, as I will show uh, on the YouTube video. But you were able to find two different places that had uh, chance on video. Um, in general, explain these places. How far are they from the grandparents' house, and what direction was chance walking? Um, I am not good at directions, so I'm <laughs> okay. totally the wrong one. All right. All right. They're, they're 10 15 blocks from the grandparents so very doable um mm-hmm. he was walking down um 10th street turned onto martha street um just walking down the street a couple times he pulls his phone out looks at his phone you can see he texts one time puts his phone back in a few seconds later pulls it out puts it right back in his pocket mm-hmm. um was just just a normal kid and Looked like he knew exactly where he's going. Nobody would have thought to ask him. You know, a cop driving by wouldn't have thought he needed right. help. Nobody would have thought to ask if he needed a ride. He was just looked like he was going out and knew where he's going. Okay. Um, and and I, what two places? If you can remember, what two places are these? These two uh, different businesses, I guess, that had video. Which what are they? Um, the Weathercraft had one. Um. I believe it's actually Domino's Pizza had one, and uh, a gas oil company had one. All right, so three then? Yeah, there was three different videos that they did get. Miles found two, mm. and I found one that you could just see vaguely of him walking in front of a, the Domino's mm. Pizza, but it was from across the street. Yeah. So he never was in that gas station's lot. You could tell that he was always across the street from that. Okay. Would you say that uh, he was walking in, in the same direction in all three? Once again, I know you're not good directions, but it, did it seem yes. consistent to you and other people that watched the video? Yes. We all kind of got the impression he was headed towards that truck stop, that WTT. And when we were there, the last ping was said to have been 15-degree art from the WTT um, gas station truck stop. But with the 15 degree arc, that's actually many blocks, half a mile, mile. So mm-hmm. it's, you can pinpoint exactly where that ping was. All right, we're gonna, t- we're gonna talk about the ping in a little bit. But these videos that you found, and I think that was great work on your part, excellent, excellent work. These um, places were not along, on, on the way to Torrington, Wyoming. No, it no. was kind of like a cut across to get to the main highway okay. to go towards Torrington. Is okay. The way we all feel that he was doing. All right, and I will once again. I'll be doing a video too, so um, people can see this. So you find these videos. We know that he was on the phone. We know that he was texting. So what you saw on the videos 
makes sense. Uh, I should ask you, are these videos in the public anywhere? Are they on YouTube or anywhere else right now? Somehow somebody did get them, and there is one video that um, the Missing Truth page put out on one of their videos, mm -hmm. and somebody else has it, and we don't know for sure where they came from. But it is the same video that we have seen. So. Or it's one of them, not all of them. Not all of them, no. Okay. I don't know if I'm going to want to link to that or not, but okay, I just wanted to know that. Okay, so he's walking just like any pa uh, person on the street, and is it, would you say it's approximately in that time frame of, I don't know, 7.30 to 8 o'clock, 8.15? Yeah. Yep. Okay. The one, you know, it, it was stamped 7.51 or something like that, so yeah, it all falls right in the time frame. Okay. All right, let's, so he's walking, uh, as they said. I mean, that's what Bailey and the other people at the house said, that he walked off, and there's video proof that he was walking. All right, so, although they might not have known what direction he went. So let's move on to this. Let's go back to the calls and texts with Bailey. You've already say, stated that you were not doubting her, but, you know, sometimes when people explain what was on a text or something, they kind of shorten everything up. You did not get to see every word uh, that, that was passed between herself and Chance. No, I didn't see anything like that. No. Okay. Do you know if the police did? I've been told that they've seen the actual text messages. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if they did or not. I they won't they won't show us anything. So I've been okay. but I've been told there's no reason to suspect foul play from anything they've seen, and that there's no way to know where Chance is. Okay. Um, at any point, once again, in talking to Bailey, you finally did go down there and spoke to her face to face, looking her right in the eye. Uh, did she, you know, talk about trying to convince Chance to come back to the house? Did she say, you know, what his response was to that? Did he say anything like, I'm going back to Wyoming by myself and our marriage is over? It's just an example. Anything like that? No, no she never, we never talked about anything like that. No, just that he was mad and he wanted to go home all she would tell us okay all right uh let's move on to this do you have uh we've talked so much about his phone and, and these texts and this call that he made to matt uh do you have chances records yes okay um who are the people that he texted and and talked to on the phone after he left the house as best as you can tell anybody anything from like 7 15 p.m and on are matt and uh, Bailey, the only two people that he actually had conversations with, or are there other numbers on there? I believe that there's a, a call or a text to Kyler. I would, I can't confirm that without pulling all that back out, but mm -hmm. I do recall there there was something to Kyler, I believe. And who? And once again, please remind the listeners who that Kyler would be is. The, the brother-in-law. Okay, so the brother-in-law uh, who was on this golf trip where this comment that started this whole thing seemingly happened. He was there. Yeah. Okay. And would you say that the way you look at the records, once again, I realize they're not in front of you. Would you say that it was a conversation or was it just Kyler trying to text Chance and Chance didn't text back or Chance called him and they sounded like they had a conversation? It looks like they did. Yeah. No, nothing was, um, you know, there's a few text messages, but none of the phone calls ever lasted long a minute or two. Like, I don't even know if they ever connected, even. Okay. Is Kyler... One that was like a five-minute one with Bailey, but other than that, everything was just minutes. 
Okay. Has Kyler ever talked about this call that you can see on your records? Has he ever admitted, yeah, Chance tried calling me. I didn't see it till later. Or, yes, I did talk to Chance for a minute, and we argued. These are just examples. Uh, anything no. like that. Has Kyler ever talked about speaking to Chance that evening? No, I've, we've never spoke to Kyler. He said hi to my husband and Miles, and that's all that's ever been between the two of us. The, the, our families is with Kyler. We've no uh, communication. All right, so no idea if those two talked or not, and Kyler has never volunteered any information on his own. Not to our family, no. Okay. Do you think that the police have talked to him? Do you have any proof of that? No, I do not have any proof. <laughs> okay. All right, you've, uh, let's move on to this. These emojis uh, that came out that don't seem to uh, make any sense. Um, when you say emojis, maybe some people don't know what those are. Those are like smiley faces that you can yep. see on Facebook and Twitter. And they're little pictures. They've become very popular maybe within the last five to seven years on social media. Um, do, have you seen this text? And, and what were the emojis of? I realize it doesn't make any sense, but I'm not. Yeah. What were the emojis of? Or the, there was only one emoji, and it was actually the little, like the smiley face, but he has a straight line for instead of a smile. You know, he's got two little eyes and then a straight mm. line. And it, it was like I blah blah, like random letters, and then that mm -hmm. emoji, and then a couple other letters afterwards. Okay, so just the the only emoji was that. The, the non-smiling smiley face, and then a bunch yep. of letters. Yep. Okay, making yep. no sense at all. No okay, sense at all. and all right, so that was the last text, and you told me that that went to his aunt? His, yeah, his Aunt Katie. Aunt Katie. Okay. And then what we've been told now is that they believe his phone w was shut off, and then we've also been told that it had a fatal... like something major happened mm. to the phone at after 908. Okay. Well, let's talk about that 908 uh, time. Why is that 908 time so important? Just because that's the last thing that ever left his phone. All right. That's when that emoji happened. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this, uh, then we'll move on to this, this last ping. You've already talked about a ping that down by this, uh, this truck stop, but I think that if people have looked into this disappearance, they know about a ping that happened near the Riverview Golf Course, not the golf course that they went to that day, but another one. Yeah. Um, is that true? Is, is this, did this last text and the last ping coincide? Or are they different things? What do you know? So the week that we were there, that they did the search and we did the debriefings and all that, we were told it was 15-degree arc from the WTT. Then shortly, two weeks later... Then they had supposedly some new people come in with the phones that could help with them. Yeah. And that's when they got changed to the last ping would have been by the golf course. We hmm. were never told that. We only heard that in other people's talk and huh. interviews. And like they did do an interview and they announced it. The PD did. and But we were never told that. We just wow. did it from listening. So, but... That's where the last ping supposedly is now was from that. Okay. Do you know, I, I realize these are very technical questions, Don, and I appreciate you uh, having patience with me on some of these things, but sometimes these things are a little hard to go through in audio uh, for the listeners. But do you know if that last text with the emoji and the last ping that allegedly happened at the golf course, do they coincide? 
Are they both at 9.08 or are they different times? Do you even know? I don't know. No, I can't tell you. I, I okay. don't know a time or anything. I just, that they changed their story. Okay. And, and, I, and it may not be a story. It may be that they just did get mm. more help that was more technical. I don't know. Okay. And we have to realize, though, most importantly, is that the video that you found uh, from the Domino's, this other area, like is to the, like the southeast of the grandparents' house, whereas this Riverview Golf Course is to the northwest. I know you don't know directions, but it's kind of in yeah. the opposite yeah. direction. Yep. Okay. So I was told by another agency that's not handling it that they had got told there was proof that he backtracked into Geary. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if that's what they found when they found that river golf course. Um, Right. Of course, when I call the investigator that's handling the case, he's never heard such a thing and don't know where I heard it from. So there again, I don't know if he backtracked or didn't backtrack, if they know if he backtracked or not. So. Okay. All right. So maybe a little bit of this is uh, up in the air uh, at this, still at this point. Of course, we have to remember that, you know, I know this has been absolute hell for you for almost the last two years, but you should also know that the average age of a disappearance we cover on Unfound is like 17 years old. So in our world of studying, reporting on, researching, investigating disappearances, not quite two years is very young. Uh, so, and, and what we've learned is that a lot of information does come out after the two-year mark. So I'm thinking, uh, we're of course hoping that, of course, Chance is found alive and well. Uh, but if he's not found today or tomorrow or, you know, that probably maybe even a year from now, if he's not found in that time frame, you'll probably have more information now than then than you do now. And it's usually how it works. But all right. So we have these pings. We have this Riverview golf course. And I'll be going through all of that in the YouTube video to diagram all of that. Let's move on to this. We've talked about these searches. Uh, you sent me the maps. How many people were involved? Uh, were helicopters and dogs and, and everything involved, how many days, et cetera? They searched um, Monday through Thursday night. Um, while we were told and, and people that we've seen, there was like 17 agencies that was there. Um, they brought in cadaver dogs on that Monday. Um, and Captain Rogers explained to me that, it, that that's not what they they're not, didn't expect or to think that he was deceased. But because of the amount of rain they had had Saturday night and Sunday, that cadaver dogs could get a better scent and be able to find a trail better than a normal hmm. dog. Okay. So, which I was fine. That, yeah, you, you know, we got to do that. And so um, that was on Monday. On Tuesday, they had the cadaver dogs and another set of dogs that were just regular mm -hmm. scent dogs. Okay. Um, and... Uh, the people, there were so many people. It was, um, you know, when wow. we got told on Monday, just to make sure we stay away from them. Everywhere we went, there was people. There's people mm. everywhere searching. And it was like a, it was like a, a movie that yeah. you just never thought it was going to be you. And everywhere we looked, and um, wow. So they went out. Every, they went out all day Monday. They, um, of course, I, we all think they stopped too early too on Monday. But he called us in and explained that it was very hot. You know, we have to take care of our searchers and that we'll be back out again Tuesday morning. And uh, so they did. They searched Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, Thursday, late afternoon, they called him in and we did a debriefing and was told that it was going to become a investigation and no longer a search. 
Although if any leads came in, they would continue to search. Of course. But that it was not going to be a full search anymore. Okay. Now, anybody who's, uh, once again, anybody who's read about Chance's disappearance and if they've, uh, of course, going to or already have watched the YouTube video, they do know that the Platte River goes right near there. Was the river searched? Your understanding um, in that area, is it deep? Is it wide? Did they have any boats um, out on it, et cetera? It was, it was very, it's very wide and it's deep and it was running hard and fast that, you know, they had more mm. rain than that we've had in years. Um, and I do believe, yes, they, they walked the riverbanks on both sides. I do believe there was some type of boating out there. Mm. There's also the Terrytown Lake. That was searched quite a bit in sonar. There was some sonar done in the river area. Um, mm-hmm. And all okay. the canals, they drained some canals. Um, it's an irrigation community, so there's a lot of water running in ditches through the towns. And th- some of them were even drained and searched. Okay. All right. Now, you've, to- of course, talked about this storm uh, after he started walking. Uh, and left the house. Do you know uh, what time the storm swept through there? Do you know how heavy it was? Uh, how you know how long it lasted? I know. You know, I live here in Florida. It's well, we're well known for our lightning storms down here in Florida, uh, lightning capital of the United States. But really, the 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 storms are are can, can be severe, but usually, I have to tell you, they're very quick. They seem to blow through very fast. What do you know about this storm that came through the Garing, Nebraska area that night? It was around that 9, 10, 9, 15 area from what we were told by the law enforcement. They feel it was probably one of the worst storms they'd had in some time. Um, on Monday, there was still debris in the roads um, huh. from the storm. So huh. I do believe it was bad. Um, okay. My But my thing is my kid grew up on a ranch. We, we know how to handle storms. We know to stay away from rivers and stuff. He, he He's smarter than that. He wouldn't have got swept up in storm water and sucked away in the right. river. Um, I, I just, I will never believe that. So Okay. And we have to realize that the only way you get swept away in a river, if you're near it, yeah. you know, and if he yeah. was walking on streets, as you saw in the video, then it's a little hard to imagine that he got swept away. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. So these searches were done. Unfortunately, nothing was found. How many days uh, did this all go on? It was, it was four full days of searching okay all right uh let's move on to this uh now bailey of course we have to remember this disappearance we're doing this interview on june 8th of 2021 so we're coming up on the two-year anniversary in less than a month but bailey um you told me that uh she wanted to go get a death certificate fairly quickly please explain um yeah, it was it, it's odd to me, and but as I've been told by many, everybody grieves differently. Um, the family explained that they were scared that what was she going to do about banks and their insurance, and their money. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't know. I but she asked Captain Rogers and I in front of me for a death certificate on that Monday. Then on Thursday, when we before we held our debriefing and our interview with the local papers she'd asked again when would she be able to receive her death certificate and um so i don't know and i don't know i i've never been never lost a husband so i Mm -hmm. don't know i don't think that would be the thing i would have been worried about but 
Okay. Um, we should you should know uh, that uh, the disappearance coincidentally that we covered last week. Uh, David Schrader, uh, his wife uh, had him declared deceased. Usually, generally seven years. But she had him declared deceased about a year and a half after he went missing in 2012. But it was for reasons of social security and assistance uh, because they did have a child with special needs. And uh, that was granted, like I said, a year and a half after uh, David went missing. He is still missing uh, almost nine years later. So, you know, some wives, maybe husbands... Um, wanting to get a death certificate sooner than seven years. It happens. We really don't talk about death certificates on, uh, you know, saying somebody is, you know, declaring them deceased. It is very rare, though. Uh, you know, we've covered over, um, over 200 disappearances, and I would say less than 10% of the people have been declared deceased. Uh, and it usually has something to do with children, a parent going missing and then children or something like that. So maybe that's what's on her mind, uh, and that's totally fine by me. Um, but it, on the other hand, it would be weird if that happened, and then then Chance showed up alive because he walked off and wanted to live by himself for a little while, and then all of a sudden he comes back into Bailey's life, and he's been declared deceased. So that would you know might create uh, kind of a unique situation. Yeah. And, you know, as you have to look at it at both sides. Yes, she's a grieving mom and needs to figure out what she's going to do with things. But I, it's also my kid. And yeah. That's the last thing you want to think of. Of course. So, yeah. It's, it's just course. a hard deal for all of us. It is. It is. Uh, has Bailey, um, you know, uh, has she ever offered up to your knowledge, to you or anybody else? Has she ever offered up? Uh, her theory as to what could have happened to Chance. Has anybody who was there, the grandparents who were right there in Gearing, Nebraska, when this all happened, and any of the adults ever offered up a theory as to what they think could have happened to him, being that they were there? I'm not asking for your theory. I'm asking, being that they were there, have they ever offered up their own theory? Um, mainly that he was either drinking or had been drinking and probably fell in the river. Okay. All right. How drunk was he? Did he how loaded up? Did he get that day golfing? Has Bailey ever said? Well, that would be that would that story's changed a hundred times too, and it would depend on who you would talk to. Um, mm-hmm. That is the question I asked um, Scott Bewley, Bailey's dad, right when we when we got there. I just said, Scott, mm-hmm. so how drunk was he? And Scott just kind of looked at me and said, "Well, drunk enough that he was ready to race and wreck golf carts." I'm like, "Oh, then he wasn't drunk." <laughs> I mean, my, my kid is a bareback rider in yeah. Demolition Derby. We race. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's what we do for fun. Um, and he kind of just looked at me odd. He goes, well, yeah. Bailey's always told me that he was not that drunk. He did not slur his words. She's seen him drunker. Mm-hmm. Um, watching him in the video at 7.50, I, I don't see it. Um, I've seen my son drunk. I've seen my son stupidly drunk. Um, nothing mm-hmm. I'm proud of, but I... I not going to live in a glass house and sugarcoat it. Um, mm-hmm. He's, I've seen him in all those conditions and walking down the road that day, I would have never thought anything was wrong with him. What about Matt? Um, Matt worked with him. Uh, didn't has Matt, if you've talked to him over the, almost the last almost oh. two years, has he ever said, yeah, you know, chance really sounded drunk when I talked to him. 
No, he said he sounded very upset and hurt. But not drunk? Not drunk, no. Okay. He knew he'd been drinking, but he did not, no. He was not, wor- he was not worried about champs. And that's what kills, you know, Matt has to live with us too. Yeah. Then he's thinking if Nobody I would have... Nobody thought that would be our last phone call. Right. Matt's thinking that had he not been partying himself that day, that he could have driven and yeah. arranged. But he would have made it. He would have never made it because whatever happened was yeah. between that nine and ten o'clock range, and where yeah. we wouldn't have known where to look. So I, I do right. not blame him at all. Okay. I know this. Uh, you know, I have to ask this. You know, just in my position, uh, how hard has this been, Don, over the like the almost the last. Two years. Maybe I, I should ask you this. How have your two other sons, Clay and Miles, handled this? Um, they are very strong. Um, we've learned that we're way stronger than we ever thought we would be. Um, the my husband and the boys, they just pretend like he's at work and he hasn't came mm. home from that long shift yet. Right. And it gets harder because, you know, two years is a long shift. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Right. But no, um, we're sticking together and uh, staying strong because that's what Chance would want. He would mm. want his brothers to go and succeed and do great things. He would want this ranch to stay in the family and keep going. And he would want his mom and dad to stay married and love each other. So we fight every day for that for him. Mm. When was the last time you spoke to Bailey? Oh, I haven't talked to her in over a year. When was the last time you saw Chance's son? I haven't seen him since August 6th of 2019. Any reason for that? Um, just a lot of hard feelings, a lot of emotions. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't seen him once since then. Um, okay. It's just a mess. It's hard. I, I guess, you know, I, I, once again, I'm not there. It's not my family. Uh, but it does seem that all of you really did come together when Chance went missing. Did things uh, sour after that? You know, they opened up their ca- drink, their camper, I guess, to you, and you were around them for those days. And I understand there was some tension before Chance went missing, but then you're together for maybe a week trying yeah. to all work together. But did things sour again then? Yeah, things started getting rough after mid-August. Um, we they had a few fundraisers, and then uh, we had a few fundraisers. And um, we're very humble people. We did not ask for any of that. Um, it was actually very hard and embarrassing, and I think that really upset some of the family. Um, the last mm-hmm. real conversation I ever had with Bailey is that I'm we're going to hire a private investigator, and they want twenty thousand dollars down, and mm-hmm. I have to come up with that money. And, um, mm. so, and I, we've sent money into them. They won't cash the checks. They won't let us, you know, we've tried to help. So there's only so much one can do. So, right. uh, have you hired a private investigator or? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So, okay. Not that we have a whole lot yet though. <laughs> Okay. A lot of people in that area won't talk or communicate for a while. Uh, I'm so. going to, I'm going to just give you this piece of advice and all of this. I'm not talking out of school here because the listeners know frankly unless they're willing to work for free i mean i if you've paid them none of my business but 
uh, private investigators usually 99.9% of the time are useless. Yeah. That's not necessary. It could be a criticism, yeah. and sometimes it is. Yeah. But yeah. usually they're above, they're over their head just like everybody else is. Okay, yeah. I just want you to know that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what else do you do? You don't yeah, well, I, 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 you I know that. Uh, I, I get that. Um, but if and, it comes uh, down to spending money for one, then there's probably some other ways. If you can raise the money for something, there's probably better ways to spend the money than paying a private investigator. Yeah, but you know. we, you know, we have a we have a reward out. Yeah, Matt has had huge search parties out. Um, we have a billboard up in um the Gary and Scott Bluff with a tip line on it. Um, yeah. Okay. And basically, we were told by two of the the first investigators that we had is that probably the next step is to hire a private investigator because they didn't know what else to do for us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and, you know, you're just at that where you're like, what do you do now? Then? Right, <laughs> right. Okay. Well, as the listeners know, I continue to counsel uh, the guests even after they've been on the program. So... Um, you know, I will do that for you too, Don. Yeah. You know, I know Thank we're friends you. on Facebook. We follow each other now yeah. on Facebook and everything else. And, um, you know, I can maybe probably counsel you through, you know, some of these things, you know. And once yeah. again, in our world, an unfound world, it's a relatively new disappearance. So I'm hopeful, yeah. they'll, you know, if this was 20 years old, to hope for new information, it, you know, yeah. sometimes we do find it. I mean, we've done it yeah. on Unfound, surely have. Uh, yeah. But it's hard, but... You know, with newer disappearances, it's once it's not quite two years old. I would not be surprised if you yeah. find more information, even without a private investigator, over the next yeah. year. I that would not surprise me. But yeah. speaking of information, do you have a Facebook website, anything like that, set up for Chance and his disappearance that people can go to? Um. Um. So we started a page right at right that week he disappeared. Find Chance Engelbert. It's on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt has a page that he started. And it's it's uh, Let's Start with Chance. Okay. And so between the two pages, you know, we try to keep updated or sh- mm-hmm. share pictures. Um, you just kind of run out of things to post anymore, unfortunately. Right. But we will not let his name be forgotten. Um, I have a website, but we just mainly work with Facebook. Okay. Um, Why don't you say those two names uh, again for everybody? Yep. Um, help help find Chance Engelbert and let's start with Chance. Okay. Uh, Don, any final words before we complete this interview? I just hope if anybody has anything to come forward, there's anonymous tip lines, there you can Facebook that I mean there's ways to talk to somebody to help us. If anybody sure. has anything from that night, that weekend. Absolutely. Just keep praying, keep sharing Chance's name, and um, be kind. Um, it's very hard being a family member of a missing child, no matter what it their is. age is or what they've done. Totally true. Yeah, I, a lot of uh, mean people out there, Dawn. Yes. Even people yes. being mean toward people like yourself, being you know yes. trolls and things on uh, social media. I see it. I've been the target of it. And, you know, and all I'm trying to do is, you know, help people like yourself. So I've gotten it as well. So, yep. you know, I, I, I well, know what you're, I know what you're talking you're about. Well, probably a bit bad now because it seems to have been really bad with anybody that I've got an interview with. So. Okay, well, I can, I can handle it. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, Don, I really appreciate you being on this episode yes. of Unfound. Yes, thank you so much for everything. You're welcome. 
And that was my June 8th, 2021 interview with Dawn Engelbert, mother of Chance Engelbert. I thank her for joining me and all of you on this episode. A reminder that I've made a supplemental video for Chance's disappearance. I show where the grandparents' house is, where Chance was seen on video, where the last ping occurred, and what I determined from putting the timeline and the videos together. I hope you will watch it on the Unfound Podcast channel on YouTube. Not to overtly hype it, but you will be shocked by something I reveal in the YouTube video. I'm reminded of the movie Speed, when police discover the highway wasn't finished yet. I do talk about the two video cameras that caught Chance walking that evening. I've seen both clips, but I will not be linking to either one of them. Why? The doorbell camera one is unlisted on YouTube. Dawn sent the link to me. If she wishes the public to have that link, she can post it. Maybe she already has, but I will not be doing that. Because Unfound has unlisted videos on YouTube as well. The think tanks, for example. And I would surely not want those posted without my permission. As for the store surveillance video, it's contained in a show on YouTube that covered Chance's disappearance. Unfortunately, the show is not the kind that Unfound would link to. However, if you do a search for Chance Engelbert on YouTube, you will find it. I think all of us can agree that Chance being angry about what was said to him that evening was totally sensible. Really, the last comment any of us want to hear is, Hey, you're not making enough money. Hey, you're not pulling your weight. Hey, you're not being a responsible adult especially if we know we're doing the best we can under the circumstances. Which is what I think Chance was doing. It's not like he quit the other job. It's not like he got fired. It's not like he was a married guy who was acting like he wanted to be single again. Chance got another job as quickly as he could. I'm sure he wasn't happy about it. Why the person who made that comment couldn't understand that? I don't know. But I hear that's how in-laws are sometimes. What's nonsensical, though, is Chance's physical response to it. I think if most people were put in that situation, male or female, that punches might have ended up being thrown. Or maybe a more predictable response would have been for Chance to say to his wife, that's it, let's go home, I don't have to put up with that crap. And if she didn't want to go, Chance could have taken their vehicle and she would have had to have found another way back to Wyoming. But as we know, neither of those more predictable physical responses happened. Instead, Chance walked off and actually called a friend like 200 miles away to come pick him up. An odd choice. However, although it is odd, The call does tell us one important fact. Chance, although ticked off, was not suicidal. He wasn't delusional. He simply wanted to go home really bad, 
even if it meant doing so without his wife and child. So, although this is all generally like David Schrader's or TJ Murray's disappearances, my assessment is Chance was in a much clearer frame of mind than those two men. Then how can it be that Chance disappeared? Well, I have my own opinions, and you will form yours. But do it on your own. Don't go whichever way the wind blows. I'll leave the theorizing up to you. And that's the program. If you found it informative, please go to the app that you use to listen to Unfound and give this podcast a nice review. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Densel, and you've been listening to Unfound.